good to be here and worship the Lord with you this morning. You know, when I come up the road to Bethany, it brings back some memories. Uh, memories of times when some of you that are carrying children around were about this big. Um, almost scary here a couple weeks ago or recently. I thought about how long it's been since we've been gone from Bethany. Um, I want to venture a guess. Don't think too hard, Davy. That's getting close, but not quite that far. I think it's been about 12 and a half years, if I remember right. Is that about right, Jonathan? Because Jonathan would have come shortly after I left, I think. Is that correct? So it is good to be here um, and uh, and worship the Lord with you. I've been amazed this morning already um, at uh, some similarities in what I've heard and what I have on my notes. Well, the verses in the Sunday school lesson this morning is one of the verses that I have on my notes. you believe what you sang this morning? How many of you are content in your lot right now? Well, there's a few hands sticking up. That's what you sang. Uh, Lord, I would clasp thy hand in mine, nor ever murmur, nor complain, content whatever lot I see. Is my God that leads me? I'm not going to say that I've arrived at that yet. Uh, I might not murmur out loud, but I might murmur and complain inside or under my breath or wherever. What I have to share with you this morning came out of. Um, Songs in the night. Not that song, but I woke up, uh, if I, my dates are correct, on May the 15th in the morning, and a song was going through my mind. And it was my turn to preach the next Sunday, which was two days later. That was our first service back to Charlesburg after after this thing started. And the song was going through my mind. I'll reveal it to you in a little bit. In Joel, it says this, the sun and moon will grow dark and the stars will diminish their brightness. The Lord also will roar from Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem. The heavens and earth will shake. But the Lord will be a shelter for his people and the strength of the children of Israel. The heaven and the earth will shake, but the Lord, the King James puts it, the Lord will be the hope of his people, a place of repair, a harbor. We have a place that we can go. 
regardless of what we face in life. The title I have is Build Your Hope on Things Eternal. Psalm 121 says this, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence comes my help. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your foot to be moved. He will keep he who keeps you will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve you from all evil. He shall preserve your soul. The Lord shall preserve your going out and your coming in from this time forth and even forevermore. We have a a place that we can put our hope, our trust, our confidence that is sure. Someone wrote this, and I thought about it in relation to what where we find ourselves today. Do you ever wonder what it's going to be like on the other side of mask wearing and whatever else you might experience today? This person wrote it this way. God sees the storm from the other side. He knows the lessons learned, and just beyond the clouds, he sees clear skies. He speaks peace to the raging storm when peace cannot be found. He already sees the rainbow when we see only clouds. The song that was going through my mind that night when I woke up, and I want to read a little bit behind this song, the verse that they had with it was this verse that James read this morning. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Used to hearing the word variableness. I'm not even sure what, you know, that was uh, from the New King James. But count on God. There's not even any variation from yesterday to today. There's a consistency that we don't see very often. So, I think it's safe to say there's a consistency in God that we don't see in human beings. Yes, we are part of the time. Uh, Well, that's uh, beside the point this morning. A song that emphasizes the fact I'm going to read here from uh, a little bit behind this song. I didn't say what the song was, did I? Hold to God's unchanging hand. And that was the phrase that was going through my mind when I woke up that morning. A song which emphasizes the fact that there is no variableness with the God who lives in heaven is hold to God's unchanging hand. The text was written by Mary Jane or Jeannie Bain Wilson, who was born on a farm at, in Cleveland, Indiana, Indiana, November of, 19, of 1856, November of 1856. 
to Robert and Mary Frances Russell Wilson. Her father died in her infancy when she was about four years old. An attack of spinal trouble resulted in her being rendered an invalid, confined to a wheelchair and bed. Not being able to attend school, she studied at home, read much, and received some musical instruction. The natural love for music and poetry early in life led her to verse writing. Her earliest poems appeared in a local paper. Her first hymn was entitled, All the Way. In 1881, she was baptized, and in her words, this is a quote from her, I gave, it gave me much joy to thus confess my dear Savior. A prolific poet, she produced about 2,200 poems and hymn texts in the late 19th and early 20th centuries. Yet, over the course of her life, she never interjected sadness from her condition in her works. One exception poem entitled A Memory Picture, which refers to scenery near the old home and alludes to memories of the time when she could walk. Her mother died in 1902. Mother's grave is marked by a monument bearing the following verse, written by Jeannie, her invalid daughter, to whom she had given years of devoted care, reading, after her long life journey cometh death's dreamless sleep. Over her rest may angels ever a fond watch keep. Even though wheelchair bound, she enjoyed attending Bible conferences in nearby Winona Lake, Indiana. Sometime in 1904, which is probably the year that she fended, she wrote, Hold to God's unchanging hand and sent it to Franklin Eland. She was once called the Fanny Crosby of the West. Eland wrote this tune while sitting under a tree in the backyard of a, a Texas log home uh, of, his, of a fellow hymn writer. The song first appeared in 1906. When Elon died, his gravestone contained the carved figure of a hand that appears to be reaching downward, symbolizing God's unchanging hand. In her later years, Miss Wilson, Miss Wilson continued to reside on the farm of her youth with her sister and her family. The words to one of her last hymns, I Shall Be at Home with Jesus, were written in 1908 at age 51. She died September of 1913. Jeannie Wilson was an invalid. She spent her entire life in Indiana. She wrote another song that has appeared in many of our older books entitled, There Will Be Light at the River. Beginning phrase, after the life paths we're treading. I thought that was interesting because here's somebody that hadn't walked since she was, what, four years old? Yet she starts a song in her late years. After the life paths we're treading. 
if somebody wants to do some searching, I'd like to find that song, and I haven't been able to find it. There will be light at the river. Um, I want to look just a little bit at that song, Hold to God's Unchanging Hand, this morning. Time is filled with swift transition. Not of earth unmoved can stand. Here's where the title comes from. Build your hopes on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. We'll look at these phrases just a little bit. James 4 says this about your life and my life. Come now, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a city and spend a year and buy and sell and make profit. Whereas you do not know what will happen tomorrow. For what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. A little bit like the steam that comes on my glasses when I breathe through this mask sometimes. About how our life is. Just a vapor. It's a swift transition. Naught of earth unmoved can stand. Second Peter 3 verse 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Nothing on this earth unmoved will stand. We have an eternal God for our refuge. Deuteronomy 33:26 says, There is no God like the God of Jeshurun who rides the heavens to help you and his excellency on the clouds. The eternal God is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. The next verse. Trust in him who will not leave you. Whatsoever years may bring, if our earthly friends forsaken, still more closely to him cling. Psalm 37, verse 3 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he shall give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. He shall bring forth your righteousness as the light and your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Trust in him who will not leave you. If by earthly friends forsaken, Psalm 41 9 says, Even my own familiar friend in whom I trusted, who ate my bread, has lifted up his heel against me. And sometimes we experience those kind of things in life. 
if our earthly friends forsaken, still more closely to him cling. Now, this morning I woke up with another song phrase on my mind. And I don't know what time it was, probably about, I don't know if it was 3 o'clock or 5 o'clock, I don't remember, I might have looked at the clock, but I don't know why I sang it last. But here's the phrase that was going through my mind. Earthly friends may prove untrue. But I didn't know where it went from there. So I looked it up. I want to read just a little bit behind that song. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away, is the verse at the top of this one. The Bible teaches that some of life's richest lessons are learned only in the valley of tears. The psalmist declares in Psalm 119.71, It was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your decrees. When's the last time I felt good about being afflicted? Uh, probably never. The psalmist said it was good that I was afflicted so I could learn more about you. Continuing to read, difficult times should be the stepping stones in our spiritual growth and usefulness. This was the case with the author and composer of Jesus Never Fails. And that's a song that starts with that little phrase, earthly friends may prove untrue. Arthur Luther, pastor and musician, relates the following story regarding the writing of this hymn. As a schoolboy, Christian and I, and I take that to be a friend of his, had a burning desire to be a foreign missionary. That was not to be. Later, I had an urgent desire to write a song that everyone would sing. And I don't know, I can't quite relate to that, uh, you know. Uh, wanting something that everybody else is going to participate in, but uh, be that as it may. I tried a popular song, but it was a dismal failure. Yet God in his own time and way granted my wish, and Jesus never fails, has reached to the uttermost of mission fields, and the multitudes have sung it. The song was written in Somerset, Kentucky, while I was with Dr. Williams at an evangelistic meeting. I received some very disturbing news from my family some 600 miles away. Worried and homesick, I sat down at the old square piano in the old Kentucky home where we were staying, and as my fingers wandered idly, a simple melody developed beneath them which seemed to sing, Jesus never fails. Then and there, the words and music of the chorus were born. I accepted this as the answer to my heart's prayer, and I thank him that it proved true. Reassuring news came from home. He, talking about Jesus, did not fail me. Scores of testimonies have since come from missionaries, evangelists, and others of the blessing that this simple three-word message has been to them. It's been translated into ten European languages and into Chinese. Jesus Never Fails has become a sort of musical slogan of Bible-believing Christians everywhere. Men sang it at the battlefront as they, guided, as they gilded themselves for the fray. On the home front, saints 
sang it as they do battle with the forces of sin in true confidence that the captain of their salvation never fails. I surely have every reason to praise God for this song that he gave me in the hour of my need and in which has gone on to bless the entire world with the message of triumph. That song goes like this. Earthly friends may prove untrue. Doubts and fears assail. One still loves and cares for you. One who will not fail. I'll stop there just a little bit because I did notice there's a phrase that's a little different in what is written here than what's in our songbooks, and that is the phrase, one still loves and cares for you. Now, thought about the demonstration of love that Christ has for us. And I get a picture of that and the love that he had for his disciples. That phrase, earthly friends may prove untrue, he had some of his disciples that proved untrue. He still loved them. Jesus washed Judas's feet knowing he was going to be betrayed by him. And I, I don't know if this is quite true. I almost almost seemed like Jesus was insistent that he washed Peter's feet. Peter said, I'll go with you and die with you. Jesus knew something different. He said, you're going to deny me three times before the sun comes up tomorrow. That's putting it in my words. Jesus told him, before the cock crows, you're going to deny me. He still loved them. He still loves us. That love never fails. Next verse in that song, Though the sky be dark and drear, fierce and strong the gale, just remember he is near and he will not fail. In life's dark and bitter hour, love will still prevail. Trust his everlasting power. Jesus will not fail. For us, Jesus never fails. Heaven and earth may pass away, but Jesus never fails. The next stanza of Hold Ye God's Unchanging Hand goes this way. Covet not. This world's vain riches that so rapidly decay seek to gain the heavenly treasures. They will never pass away. First Timothy, it says, those who desire to be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil for which some have strayed from the faith in their greediness and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But you, O man of God, flee these things and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you were also called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Covet not this world's vain riches. Know, I, I've heard some stories about people that had a desire to get rich and you know, they would play the lottery and this kind of thing. Um, one time this person went to Atlantic City and won a 
good bit of money. You know what his testimony was? I don't know if testimony is a very good word to use with it. He said, I'm going to keep going back till it's all. That's pretty much what you get when you go after money in that kind of way. Second phrase says, This world's vain riches rapidly decay. James says this, Come now, you rich, weep and howl for your miseries that are coming upon you. Your riches are corrupted, your garments are moth-eaten, your gold and silver are corroded, and their corrosion will be a witness against you and will eat your flesh like fire. You have heaped up treasure in the last days. Now, I don't... consider myself coveting after things. But you know, when 2020 started, the dairy outlook looked pretty bright. Our advance check for our May milk was $11.06 a hundred pounds. Now, if that's where my hope is, it's pretty shaky. Those of you that know me know that I drive for part of my living. In February, we had a full schedule for March, April, May. That's our busy time of year. The last trip I ran until a week ago was March 6th. They parked all the buses, took the insurance off of them because everything was canceled. Came to a screeching halt. The things of this earth change in a heartbeat and change in a heartbeat. But we have something that we can hold on to that is secure. If I'm not mistaken, for the company that I work for since March 10, three buses have moved. Two of them for one day each, and another one just last week did a five-day trip. That's all they've done since March. Talk about the decaying things of this earth. Now, this morning when I was studying some more on this, another song came to my mind. Helen Oworth Lemmel, in 1918, she was given a tract by a missionary friend. As she read it, Helen's attention was focused on this line. So then, turn your eyes upon him, look full in his face, and you will find that the things of earth will acquire a strange new dimness. Says this suddenly, as if commanded to stop and listen, I stood still, and singing in my soul and spirit was the chorus of the hymn 
with not one conscious moment of putting word to word to make rhyme or note to note to make melody. The verses were written the same week after the usual manner of composition, but none the less dictated by the Holy Spirit. O soul, are you weary and troubled? No light in the darkness you see. There's light for a look at the Savior, and life more abundant and free. Through death into life everlasting, he passed, and we follow him there. Over us, sin no more has dominion. For more than conquerors we are. His word shall not fail you, he promised. Believe him, and all will be well. Then go to a world that is dying, his perfect salvation to tell. Turn your eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. The last stanza of Hold to God's Unchanging Hand. When your journey is completed, if to God you have been true, fair and bright the home in glory, you're enraptured soul will view. Then the chorus owed to his hand, to God's unchanging hand. Build your hopes on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging hand. I didn't look at the clock when we started. Somebody told me one time they knew about how long I was going to preach, so apparently some people watched the clock. Uh, I'm not, I didn't look to see when I started, but uh, we'll get done here soon. I want to read some from 2 Corinthians 5 and then end with a, a uh, I'm guessing, another poem that was a song. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 1, For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation which is from heaven. If indeed, having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared for us this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. So we are always confident, knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Therefore, we take, make it our aim, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. I have a phrase written from another song here on my notes that I wrote in. Will your anchor hold? You're building your hopes on things eternal, then you're building it on a sure foundation. I want to end with words written by James Rowe. 
1922. Now, before I read that, do you have any idea why 1922 might have had some significance in my thinking when I was going through this? Anyone know what happened prior to 1922? 1918, ring a bell. World War One, okay. The flu, okay. That's what was in my mind. That's what I remember. Uh, no, I'm not that old. Sorry. Uh, but James Rowe wrote these words in 1922. God holds the future in his hands is the title. Dread not the things that are ahead, the burdens great, the sinking sands, the thorns that o'er the path are spread. God holds the future in his hands. We know not what tomorrow hides of sun or storm or good or ill. We only know his dear hand guides, and he will be our father still. His hand created earth and sky, the zephyrs and the storms that rage. And years to come and years gone by, to him are but an open page. Live close to him and trust his love, assured that while on earth we roam, where whate'er may come, we keep bends above to guide his children safely home. God holds the future in his hands, and every heart he understands. On him depend, he is your friend. He holds the future in his hands. God bless you as you build your hope on things eternal.